since the last flyperbole folks yes it's been a couple weeks or a while as a friend of the show but not really a friend because he's kind of a piece of shit uh aaron lewis from stained would say the stained guy as he's more popularly known but yes quigs i'm back i was out of commission last week i had a terrible case of the ubi and i was sick hurt and sick not a great way to go through life thank god you're back yeah i I was going through it all week (laughs) I was Steve. I mean, I had nothing to do. Nobody to talk it to. It was like, no, no. It was like that thing in uh, it was like in SpongeBob when SpongeBob was like talking to Patrick. He's like, "I'm gonna go to work," and he's like, "Don't go" or whatever. And SpongeBob was like, "Well, what do you normally do when I go to work?" He's like, "Wait for you to get back." <laughs> That's all you're doing. You're just staring out the window. I was just waiting. When is it? Yeah, I didn't Steve even go to work return? this week. Wow. Oh wow. I skipped work because. I was waiting for you to return. That's very sweet of you. That's very sweet. And folks, let me tell and you. Then I got fired. Oh, I'm so sorry, but I'll, I'll, don't worry. I'll talk to the boss. We'll get your job back right away. Yeah. I'm very smooth I did not like get that. fired. I'm very yeah. smooth like that. I can talk anybody into anything. I cannot. I'm not smooth at all, folks. Not. Yeah. Yeah. You're smooth. Steve. Not one bit. Not remotely smooth. And. Oh, no. I can. I can attest. You're a smooth man. Oh, yeah. Real smooth talker. <laughs> let me tell you. But. So I I was hurt last week. I legitimately was hurt. I hurt my left arm and I heard it. We went on vacation in the Finger Lakes area. I was uh, walking around in Ithaca. I he got in a fight with a bear. Got in a fight with a bear. Actually, it was, you know, it was a pretty heroic situation. Let me tell you. I wa- yeah. was walking around. It was a beautiful day. 60 degrees. The sun was shining in January in middle New York. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. I was walking around with Never. a coffee. It was just wonderful. And then I saw this this poor dog. About to get hit by a car. So I jumped in the way and I ended up taking the brunt of the blow, but the dog survived. And then while staring at the dog, my soul actually transferred into the dog. And now I'm a dog. So I'm actually doing this podcast. I'm a bulldog now. So, you know, how many French bulldogs does it take to make a podcast? The answer is one, apparently. (laughs) This reminds me of that, uh, that old show, Wilfred. Do you remember that show? Oh, with Elijah Wood. Yeah. And he's like, just, I think he's just high all the time and his like dog can talk to him and his dog's like very toxic, like a drug addict dog. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember (laughs) that. That was a pretty bizarre show. So the thing is, I didn't actually get hurt trying to save a dog. I got hurt trying to point out some weird graffiti to Emily in downtown Ithaca and I just tripped on the sidewalk like a dumbass and I fell right on my arm. My left arm's hurt like hell ever since. Like it's it's probably 85% better now, but it's still not great. It's not ideal and it it kind of sunk. Now, what I described, however, was the plot of a pilot show that was never made a pilot is a a tv show that they filmed an initial episode for uh and you know usually the first episode of a show is called a pilot right and (laughs) last weekend em and i both feeling pretty crappy we're pretty sick 
we went down this pilot rabbit hole for pilots that weren't picked up and we watched a ton of them. And my favorite one that we watched, which is just one of the, this one lives rent free in my head now. And it is such a stupid concept. I love it. It's called Puchinski. Okay. And it's about a police detective named Puchinski who rescues a dog while they're on like an opera, you know, like doing something out in the field, right. As cops. And he dies in the process of rescuing this dog and he looks at the dog at the dog as he's dying and his soul goes into the dog. So now Puchinski just like a man who happens to be named Puchinski is now in the body a of pooch. a dog uh, and they have a dog is like a puppet. Okay. Cause it's the eighties. So it's a talking <laughs> yes. dog puppet that hangs out with this other cop and they solve mysteries and shit. What an amazing show. What an amazingly stupid show, but also an amazing show idea. Did you by chance get to watch the pilot Fox Force Five? I did not watch Fox Force Five. I've, I, I, I believe there's a, a woman in, with a bob haircut, right? That told you about that. Of course, yes. Yeah. No, we didn't get to Fox Force Five, but but so I, I, we watched a lot of these. Okay, and again, you probably shouldn't do this for the sake of your own brain because most of these were terrible. There's a reason most of these weren't picked up. Uh, the only really good one we saw was called One Percent. It was like a biker show. Would have come out around the same time as Sons of Anarchy, uh, but mm. it didn't happen because a Hell's Angel member who the story was based on sued the production company. It was It would have been an HBO show. It actually looked pretty good, but th- that was the only one of quality, though. And Two of these pilots involved Cousin Greg from the show Succession. Cousin Greg, one of my favorite goofy characters on television. Hilarious on Succession. One of my favorite shows. So good. But to bring the Flyperbole connection full circle here. One of those Cousin Greg shows, which was a very odd premise about finding friends. Like he was like a Midwest guy who, along with the actor who played McLovin in Superbad, moved out to L.A. and... McLovin just wants to keep talking to his old friends over like, uh, I don't know, like Zoom or some shit and playing poker with them there. But uh, Greg from Succession wants to go out and meet friends and everything. So that's apparently the premise of the show. And they end up at some party. And who walks into this party? But Flyperbole MVP Fred Durst. Oh, The man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend. And as soon as he walks into this party, I look at him and I go, is that fucking Fred Durst? And yes, it was Fred Durst. Not only was it Fred Durst, but he played himself in this pilot. And McLovin (laughs) from Superbad was calling him Limp Biscuit, And he's like, I got a picture with Limp Biscuit," And he didn't even turn his hat around backwards for the picture with McLovin, which I thought was very disappointing. He wore a frontwards black hat instead of a backwards red hat. Just terrible, terribly disappointing. But he got into a fight with Cousin Greg from Succession and McLovin. And that's, of all the people I could have seen in these terrible pilots, I had to see Fred Durst. I cannot escape this man. He's, listen, I mean, at this point, he, he's just part of you. Steve. <laughs> He honestly is <laughs> like, he's so he, he's just part of your identity. He's part of my identity now. Just the fact that I'm like part of flyperbole, like Fred Durst and I we're connected. You're connected to Fred Durst in a way that few others are and w- yeah. or, nor or wish to be. So I actually want to say, speaking of watching shows and stuff and watching any form of media, guess what I finally started? Is it twins? 
twins. You started it? You didn't finish it? I didn't finish it oh because like I got so I sat down and I watched like the first 20 minutes and then like my girlfriend came over and then I just got distracted and I didn't we 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 ended up going for a walk down by um there's this place in Richmond. There's this place in Richmond called um Belle Isle that's like super it was like a beautiful day. And so we were like, mm. hey, let's go for a walk to Belle Isle. Likely excuse, my friend. A likely <laughs> excuse. And you and you only saw some of the but I'm getting, you only got to the the tip of the bizarreness that is twins. Cause it, it is, oh, I know. it gets weirder from there. I'm excited to continue. So like, I'm going to watch it this weekend because there's, I'm going to have one day where I believe I'm going to be pretty free and I'm just going to watch the whole thing. I'm going to start it completely over and just watch them from start to finish. That's how you should. But like, I love how at the beginning, like when they break the news to Schwarzenegger, to Arnold, that like he has a brother. He's like, I have a brother. I have a brother. And like, He's just out there like surfing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, and then he goes over, and then Danny DeVito, like, is just banging random women and just like hiding from people or hiding from a dude that like he cheated on his wife with or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. It, like so far, I did I did not ever really envision Danny DeVito playing a ladies like a scummy Asian or Asian man. Scummy. <laughs> I didn't lady. picture that either. <laughs> yeah, a scummy ladies man. Like I, he just doesn't fit this ladies man stereotype. I mean, but like that is that is kind of the history of Frank from Always Sunny, though. Like Frank from Always Sunny so. is as scummy of an eighties businessman as there is. Yeah, but was he a ladies man in the? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank got around. Did he really? Oh yeah. I didn't get to see too much of uh, it's always. Sunny. Oh yeah, no, Frank. Frank has a sordid history with with women. That is for sure. But yes, uh, Danny DeVito. I, I don't know. I guess for some people, they might not think of this very tiny man as uh, I don't know quite. That's as my thing. Yeah, debaucherous like as he eight. is, but yes, he is a, a force to be reckoned with in debauchery. And you know what else is a force to be reckoned with, Steve? What's that, Quigs? Blue Diamond Almonds Habanero Barbecue. Flavor. I thought you were going for the Flyers connection, and instead you went for a plug for almonds. <laughs> Steve, I'm trying to avoid the Flyers as much as humanly possible. we got to talk about them, unfortunately. We have, know, you know, know remaining know. 50 minutes on this show or whatever we're at at this point. we got to talk about those suckers. But yeah, Blue Diamond makes a good almond, and let me tell you, we're not getting paid one almond for no. this plug here. I'm just saying this because I just discovered them. They're amazing. Habanero Barbecue. Blue Diamond Almonds. Check them out. Okay, The, the, the wasabi ones are... I really like the wasabi almonds. They're very You know good. what? Those... Uh, watch this, Steve. Are you, are you ready? What's... Where are you going with this? These Blue Diamond Bold Habanero Barbecue Almonds are quite hot. Almost as hot as your Philadelphia Flyers. That's where I thought you were going in the first place. I was, like, convinced that's where you were going. Because despite my wishes despite what i want <laughs> these goddamn flyers, flyers are playing okay have been pretty good for the past couple of weeks they actually yeah. had a successful and undefeated disney on ice trip which never happened that has never happened that has literally never happened and then they did it in of course the worst year that we have ever seen that, uh, that i've ever seen from the flyers um and of course it's this season not the year when they were going to the playoffs not any of those years, like when they could have used those extra points to like help them in the standings and have a more favorable matchup in the playoffs. No, no, no. This year, when they're objectively terrible, 
is when they sweep the California road trip. Like World Juniors is happening at the same time. So you can look over and see the glory of Connor Bedard just schooling fools left and right. Yes. Connor Bedard just looking amazing. And then the Flyers go, no thanks. And they just keep winning. They keep getting these points in the standings. And I say, bad flyers. Don't do this. And Bad flyers. They get back after I've hit them with the newspaper sufficiently and rubbed their nose in the carpet. And it doesn't have an effect on these guys. So they have one 6-2 loss to Toronto. They get completely, they get their doors blown off. The Toronto Maple Leafs justifiably kick their ass because they are a much more talented hockey team. Great. We're back on track for the tank, right? And then they have... A game the next day against the Buffalo Sabres. We've been playing pretty well lately. Everybody thought Tage Thompson was going to score a hattie against them. What happens? The Flyers shut out the Buffalo Sabres 4-0. Samuel Erson, the son of Erz, got a shutout. I... Unbelievable. That was awesome. It was that great. Was awesome. I loved that. Yeah, like, I'm glad. Like, I thought he deserved it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm really happy for Erson, but like... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the Flyers or the Sabres have been playing great for the most part. Like get, get, by their standards, they've been playing great. They had not been shut out at all this season. And then the Flyers of all teams do it with their backup goalie, who's I guess now he's their backup, but he was their third string like two, three weeks ago. Um, so like, yeah, really, really, really weird. But you know what? Dare I say, it is kind of nice to see the Flyers winning some games like this, stringing something together. And, like, granted, this little quote-unquote hot streak that they're on right now, they beat some not very good teams. Like, the Coyotes are trash. The Ducks are absolute garbage. Um, who else did they beat? Uh, the Kings are – they're a good team. Like, that was a, that was a pretty solid win for them. Um, and the Sabres have been playing well. But, again, they're, they are the Sabres. They are the Sabres, who have been playing over their heads a little bit, yeah. but they're I, still I the Sabres. I feel like they've just been carried by Tage Thompson, which is, yeah. He's yeah, just, Tage Thompson, who just, despite having yeah, an absurd name. He just decided, name. like, last season, all right, I'm going to be really fucking good now. And he's just... Apparently some guys can just flip that switch and say, you know yeah. what, it's time to be a good hockey God, player and not a bad player. hockey player. They would be so good. The <laughs> Flyers if most they had assuredly a bunch of bad hockey players who could just flip the switch like that. I mean, they they do have a bunch of bad players, but they just can't flip the switch. But if they could flip the switch, they'd be going to the fucking Stanley Cup, Steve. Well, yeah, if they could have flipped the switch at any point in the past, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years, that would would have been pretty great. Pretty cool. Yeah. Would have been awesome. Imagine yeah. that. The funny thing is is the Flyers after this hot streak where they've won 4 out of 5 games, they are still 25th in the NHL. 25th in the NHL, 16, 18, and 7, 39 points. So what's that? We're talking about like four or five wins. So they were pretty close to the bottom, and then they decided, let's win a bunch of games. And they're still only 25th. They're almost five points out of a wild card spot again. <laughs> Not quite. You know, but we love to dunk on Chucky bad trades, Chucky poo trades for that five point out comment from a, a few weeks back. But currently they are sitting at about, mm, let's see, the Penguins won. So they're about nine points out from a wild card spot right now. So not terribly far from five, but 
certainly a lot more than you really would like to be if you thought you yeah. were a competitive hockey team. They're not a competitive hockey team, despite certain illusions. And yes, the winning does break up the abysmalness a little bit. And it's nice to see some of the young guys stepping up. I mean, TK right now, what is this, a nine-game point streak for him? Travis Konechny is playing out of his mind. The he jerk is, store is open, okay. baby. So, all right. So right now, Travis Konechny is riding a nine-game point streak. Seven of those performances were multi-point performances from him. Since December 20th, not a single player in the NHL, not not Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid or any any other player in the NHL, has logged more points than Konechny. Oh, wow. He's out of he's just playing incredibly well right now. And like what was it? He was on like a six, seven game goal streak or something like that. Like he's just playing incredibly well. And it's I, I love to see it. It just sucks that it's happening now. <laughs> right, right. I'm like I, I'm glad he's I wish this was happening a, a, like a year or two ago and the Flyers were actually good. Like and I'm not blaming Konechny. I'm just no. saying like the, the timing of this sucks because like this would be great if the Flyers were good and he was having a season like this, and then they'd be like really soaring into the into the into optimal position as the playoffs approach. But like, yeah, it it just sucks that it's happening this season on a really very not good Flyers team. No, not a very good team at all. And you would think that with all of these accolades, right, with TK just having his best season that we, I think we've ever seen him have. He's got 43 yes. points in 35 games played, yeah. 21 goals, 22 assists. We didn't know he had this goal scoring component to him. We knew he could pot some goals, but he's potting goals like we didn't know he could do. You would think that he would be the Flyers slam dunk all-star game representative, right? You would think no doubt about that. Oh, but no, the NHL has other plans. Kevin Hayes is your Flyers all-star representative. And we know this means nothing. We agree with John Tortorella for his great comments. Like, I don't give a shit that whole weekend. I don't even watch it. Real quotes from the coach of the Philadelphia hockey Flyers. Amazing times we live in. It doesn't matter, but it still is annoying as hell. Because in recent years, it's been very hard to point to one Flyer and say, yes, that man deserves without reservation to be an all-star. And this is one year where we could say Travis Konechny without reservation should be the Flyers all-star. And then they yeah. said, it's Kevin Hayes. And I don't, I don't really get that. Kevin Hayes having a nice year. Don't get me wrong. 36 points, 40 games played, 10 goals, 26 assists. A nice year offensively. Defensively. It's a good year, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good year. But TK's numbers are, are just, they're killer. He's leading the team in points. He's stepped up to the plate in a way that nobody expected. And it's it's been fantastic. I mean, good for Killing Kevin it on Hayes. the penalty kill. Yeah, he's doing yeah. great on the penalty kill. And like... <sighs> good for Kevin Hayes, Here's right? my thing. Yeah, uh, here's my I'm thing. I'm happy for Kevin Hayes. For like, Kevin Hayes. I'm, he's a good guy. He deserves it. But at the same time, like, he's not the best player on the team currently. Uh, it's actually really funny, given his we'll say feud with John Tortorella. John Tortorella would dispute that there is a feud, but there's been some headbutting between the two guys. It would seem that way. And like, here's my thing with Kevin Hayes is like, maybe when they were like making these decisions, like, cause I feel like they didn't just make this decision the day that they announced the rosters. Like, I feel like they, I'm sure this happened, I don't know, weeks ago or something, maybe, I don't know. Um, but like, 
maybe with Hayes, it's hard to blame Kevin Hayes for him being benched because like he seems to be trying everything he can. He, he's just not that type of player. He's just not, you know, the, this Selkie candidate player that I think John Tortorella would like for him to be. I think there was an expectation that he would at least be a solid two-way player that he certainly right. has not lived up to and, in fact, has regressed in greatly this year because I, 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 I've i never seen he him was play better. such poor defense. But his yeah. offense has never been better. Like, I was joking when I put the New Year's resolutions out there that Kevin Hayes was to play less defense, but it, it certainly seems like he's come into this year going, well, I just want to play offense and that's more fun. And, like, that's kind of what the Flyers need, though. Like, I mean, they need a lot of defense, too. But, like, I mean, they need everything. But they need people to score goals. Because if it's not going to be Konechny or Hayes, maybe Owen Tippett, maybe Morgan Frost has a random incredible game. Like, that's kind of where the Flyers are right now. So, like, I don't blame, you know, Kevin Hayes for, like, maybe cheating every once in a while and not you know, putting in a complete effort defensively and going, you know, more in on the offensive side of the puck. I just think like, and again, I agree. I think Konechny should have been the all-star. He's having a leaps and bounds better season than Kevin Hayes is. But Kevin Hayes is still having a good season. And I don't think his feud with John Tortorella and the fact that he's been benched three times, once for an entire game, should impact the fact that he is playing well and he is putting up some solid numbers oh yeah i wasn't saying it should impact i just think it's funny because of that oh it's hilarious it's very funny the the coach has had you know uh, problems with a couple guys i mean he had his toilet seat comment about morgan frost Uh, in the past week he benched uh, tda tda didn't want to comment on it torts of course didn't want to elaborate on it so he's he's butted some heads which we expect from john tortorella but Kevin Hayes has been by far the most notable player he's butted Hayes with. So it's very yeah. funny to see the pl- the one player or like the most notable player that has butted heads with the coach get the all-star nod. And then for the coach to say, I don't give a shit when asked about Konechny getting snubbed for the all-star game. And again, yeah. this all is just stupid and irrelevant. Like it really does not matter. But if anybody was going to get the nod, it just feels it feels snub for TK. And I, I don't encourage going out and voting for many guys on the Philadelphia Flyers for all-stars. But I think if you are going to do that, Travis Konechny is very, very deserving. And hey, throw Carter Hart a bone too, because he's had to play behind this defense all year. And he has been pretty incredible considering the crap he's had to deal with. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest with you, Steve... I kind of don't give a shit about All-Star Weekend either. <laughs> I don't really No, when like was the last time you watched a full All-Star game? Oh, my God. The Pro Bowl. Oh, the Pro Back Bowl they've in... even given up on. The Pro Bowl they... Oh, they, the, they oh just, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl. Now. The Pro Bowl I used to watch every year back in, like, the mid to late 2000s. But now I don't even... I don't even know when it is now. Well, they they got rid of it this year. Is what I'm trying to say. They they're just doing a skills competition for the. Oh, so it's done. Like it's gone. It's not. Yeah, they're not doing a full Pro Bowl this year. They're just doing like a skills competition thing, which is. I think we all admit that's the best part of every All Star weekend for every sport. I mean, hockey's been it's been the highlight forever. Hardest shot, fastest skater, all that great stuff. Uh, Basketball three point competition always great. And dunk, dunk contest. Dunk contest. Always great. 
the home run derby is easily yeah. the best thing for the MLB All-Star game, and it's not even close. So, yeah. And like, the MLB All-Star game is, like, different, too, because, like, I, I feel like – and I don't even watch baseball, really, but, like, that's the best All-Star game because that's – it's not a contact sport. So, like – you don't have to worry so much about players like getting hurt. Like things can happen. Like players can get hurt. Like John Cruck like, can get a fastball from Randy Johnson thrown at him and have to duck, yeah. which is still, yeah. I, I think a top Hilarious. five, maybe top three funniest thing to ever happen at yeah. the MLB all-star game. But like the, like the NFL, like the pro bowl, they shouldn't even be playing. Like they're going to, someone's going to get hurt somehow. And like, it's going it, to, it, do you remember uh, Sean Taylor, the uh, Rip, awesome yeah. player, um, the old safety for the Redskins when they were the Redskins? Um, I remember one year I can't remember who it was, but like someone was like running with the football and he laid one of the biggest hits I've ever seen, and it was the Pro Bowl. It was an All Star <laughs> game, and I'm like, what are you doing this for? Like you could. It, like in today's NFL, the guy would have probably had a concussion. It was insane, and I'm just like, why? What are we doing here? I so. think they were having concussions in that NFL. They just weren't admitting it. Oh yeah, well that's what I mean. Like that guy <laughs> probably had a concussion and just got away with it because they didn't give a shit about concussions. No, they back. weren't. They, they they did not have a blue tent for somebody to go into back then. No, there were no tents. Zero tents. Not Zero even a, tents. Not they couldn't even afford a... tents back then. You know, it's a different yeah, time. Inflation. I don't think yeah. that's how any of that works for the record, but uh, oh. you know, but all-star games are silly. They're inherently silly. And the NHL all-star game has gotten sillier and sillier, uh, you know, and it, it's good. It should be silly. It should be carefree. The current format is ridiculous with the like mini tournament and everything. It's very hard to take seriously and sit down and watch. Not that again, it was something to ever take seriously and sit down and watch, but uh, it's somehow sillier this way. But you know, ultimately it comes down to, I just don't, it's just baffling why Konechny's the one guy that didn't get it when he was the obvious guy who deserved it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely quite odd. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have voted for Hayes, but you know what? I'm stoked for Hayes, given how just monumentally shitty his last year was, has been. For sure. And that could have been part of the reason that, you know, Kevin Hayes ended up being the guy here as kind of a, you know, like, hey, chin up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's going. He'll probably have a great time. He seems like someone who would love being at the all-star game i'm sure he's gonna have as much fun as anybody and yeah so i'm happy for him yeah i'm happy for him too and hopefully we'll get to be happy for kevin hayes as he gets to enjoy hockey again at some point in the next couple years when he's not a philadelphia flyer anymore because that's that writing certainly seems to be on the wall from (sighs) the rumors we've seen on that front but a fresh rumor has emerged i wish i had the smash brothers like a new challenger approaches uh music right here they're like the And if, you know, you have a silhouette of Ivan Provorov, because Ivan Provorov has entered the trade rumor arena here. Elliot Friedman. Elliot. I don't know why I was so excited to say E.T.'s Elliot there. But Elliot Friedman mentioned on the old 32 Thoughts podcast and on the NHL Network, Ivan Provorov is now potentially a trade target. He's there's at least smoke around Ivan Provorov as a trade target, which is something that we've kicked around 
as fans, as podcasters, as bloggers a little bit, especially ever since he had that very, very unhappy press conference at the end of last season, or at least a locker room interview. Was it a press conference or is it just locker room? Whatever. It doesn't matter. I I believe it was his, uh, I think it was his exit interview. Exit interview. Yeah. So whenever that happened, there have been rumors, you know, at least we've talked about the possibility of Provorov potentially being traded out of here because he didn't sound very happy to be here and to be dealing with this media and all that stuff. And this is the first time we've really heard something significant about the possibility of Ivan Provorov being traded. And to just go with a couple of things that Friedman actually said, he he mainly was talking about the Flyers are going to be considering just about everything at this point, but really, and he said nothing was imminent. They're softly checking the market, but really this is, you know, this is very interesting that this is the first time we're hearing something even remotely concrete about Provorov being traded. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember there was, I, th- I think it was last year, um, there was some, I believe it was Elliot Friedman. He said on, I th- believe it was the 32 Thoughts podcast, um, I remember him mentioning Travis Sanheim possibly being available, which obviously that's not the case now, especially given his uh, contract, but like... Um, I remember him also saying something about Provorov back then too. And that wasn't as matter of fact as it was this time, but like it has felt like something was happening here for a while. And like, I mean, we saw it, we saw it at the end of last season. He, he kind of had that really crummy attitude at, you know, at the end of the season. And um, this season, he just hasn't, he has not returned to his 2019-20 form even close. And the only thing to do is just get Matt Niskanen back, Steve. That's the only thing Man, left to do. But, um, coax him out of retirement. Well, that was one yeah. of the things, because I did listen to the podcast segment where Friedman was talking about this, and they were talking about that. Matt Niskanen's really the one partner he's had all these years that's clicked with him and made him a significantly better player. And the Flyers have been trying to recapture that ever since. I, th- I think you could also argue that Shane Gostaspare briefly did that. Shane Gostaspare and Provorov, uh, for a time, uh, had great chemistry. but That, that was a an- great pairing for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit it was. And then Niskanen, I mean, that was the entire year. They were really, really solid together. But then they tried Ryan Ellis, and Ryan Ellis, again, as we know, just poof, disappeared into the mist, never to be seen again. And this year, the thought was Tony D'Angelo, right? That uh, TDA would be a guy who could take a lot of the offensive burden off of Ivan Provorov and together maybe they could, he could help defensively because TDA is obviously complete abject disaster defensively. I think literally the second worst defensive defenseman in the NHL this year, which sounds right. Yeah. And th- that has not happened. That has not happened. Uh, D'Angelo, again, I've got my thoughts on him, but he has put up decent offensive numbers, but he's just a disaster on defense so much so that he's not even significant or not, you know, not significant, but uh, consistently on the top pairing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, he just got benched. So like it's, you know, he's TDA is not having the best time in Philly probably. And now offensively, I will say he's been pretty to talk uh, to talk objectively about about hockey, like he's put up numbers offensively, but the big it's thing he hasn't see. done is he hasn't put up numbers on the power play. He hasn't helped the Flyers' power play in the way that I think Chuck Fletcher was really banking on when he made that yes. trade. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And like, which is strange. Like, if you asked me before the season, what would TDA bring to the table for the Flyers? I would have said he's going to help the power play and he'll help the overall offensive numbers while, you know, again, being a disaster defensively. And he's helped the five on five numbers, but he really has not done any. The power play, is that still 31st in the league? It's down there. It's, I believe it's 31st. I can confirm in a second. TDA does have 10 power play points, which is not a ton, but it's not nothing as we approach the, are we at officially at the, uh, yes, we are officially halfway through the season. Wow. Um, so How about that? How it's not about terrible, that? but like you would like to see more, you know, from your top power play quarterback. Um, well, and and you want to see the power play. play. Terrible. Right. It's, it's absolutely terrible. And the problem is, you know, you don't have that front end talent to really elevate it. If you think back a few years ago when you had Claude Giroux, Jake Foracek, Braden Shen, oh. Wayne Simmons, Shane Gostas pair, like those were guys that could run a goddamn power play right there. Yeah. And weirdly, the main guy, the main key cog that had gone missing there was Braden Shen. I scoffed at the time. I was like, what are they going to really be missing in Braden Shen? And it turns out Braden Shen was actually great on the power play and they could not replace that. They never could replace that. And, you know, they don't have the talent to really significantly put it together on the power play. But again, you would hope that a guy of D'Angelo's offensive abilities would elevate it beyond 31st. You know, I would have taken 22nd, right? Because this team's power play has been in the gutter for, it feels like decades at this point. It's been a few years, but the power play has not been good for a very, very long time. Well, let me say this about Tony D'Angelo. I'd rather him be quarterbacking the top power play unit than Ivan Provorov because that experiment was just a colossal failure on every front. You say and experiment. So that was that was what they used for years. That was just how it was. For yeah, years. I mean, that's just how it was. Yeah. Like, it was terrible. And I'm so glad that that's over because, like, he's just... Ivan Provorov just isn't that guy. And, like, I think the most frustrating thing about it is, like, when he was younger, he had so much promise. And he showed, like, potential as a power play weapon. Like... I think there was uh, I he think scored a ton year, of goals his rookie year. Yeah, one year I can't remember which year it was, but I think he led all NHL defensemen in power play goals. And I might be wrong. I'm I don't I could not care less to actually check. But like, well, there's no he way was to up find there, out. Certainly. Simply no way. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but I remember him being very up there. Um, and it's just like. Well, the thing is, is, he could happened? score goals, right? But he could never actually quarterback it. He couldn't. Because there's a difference, right, between being able to score through traffic and being able to actually dish out the puck to guys on the power play and keep that power play moving. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's just, I don't know, it's just felt like he's been missing something so much the last year, two years, two and a half years. Um (laughs) And it's just, it's really, really frustrating to see. And it's it's a shame because like, and I'm sure a lot of Flyers fans feel the same way. I had very high hopes for Ivan Provorov. Like he was the guy I wanted in the 2015 draft and they nabbed him. And that first season he had, you know, he had some hiccups as a rookie, but that's to be expected. And then his second year, I was like, oh my God, this is the guy. This is like going to be the first pair the, the number one defenseman that the Flyers have been needing. And then it just never happened. 
and it's just been regression ever since 2019-20. Yeah, we and, thought uh, we had the guy. I, I felt the same way, and I know a number of most of the Flyers fan base felt like this was a, a slam dunk number one defenseman that the Flyers finally were going to home grow. You know, the, the Flyers. Yeah have a terrible, terrible track record with home-growing defensemen. You know, centers, sure. Wings, pretty good. But defensemen, nah, that ain't the Flyers. And we thought this was the guy, 100%. And he has regressed. And at this point, I think this is... I probably said something similar at the end of last season when he had that exit interview. But this is a guy who 100% needs a change of scenery. The Flyers need to... Yeah, he does. The, the Flyers need to keep moving on from the players of the past few years. They need to really try some new stuff. And Ivan Provorov is one of the key players from the last few years. So it's time for them to move on from him and him to move on from the Flyers. I think he's going to do great somewhere else. I really do. I think he, if he had less pressure on him, if he could even, you know, be the number two, be the number three or four defense. Be the three. If he's the three on a team, he's going to do phenomenal. Yeah. He would do great. I just feel like ever since he came to Philly, he's been like, he's everyone has just pegged him as like the savior of the Flyers blue line. And like, at first it looked like he could have been that, but like, he just, ugh, it, it just never panned out. And I feel like the Flyers have just lacked in so many areas and they just haven't, the Flyers have never lived up to expectations as a team the last several years. And that has taken a toll on him, which it would take a toll on me too. I wouldn't probably be playing a very inspired game if I were a member of the Flyers for as long as he has been. No, no, absolutely not. And I think just all around a change of scenery is, is desperately. It's it's needed. best for both parties. Like yeah. he needs to go somewhere else. The Flyers need to clear cap space. They need to get assets for the future. Um, that's just, it, that's what needs to happen. And like, I want to bring this up. I don't think we, we do not have this in the, um, in the, uh, what's it called? The sheet here for our show, but the outline. But they mentioned this, I believe, last week on the flagship show. What about trading trading Travis Konechny? Hmm. Now, I was in favor of this before this season. Before the season, I was absolutely in favor of this because I thought, much like we were talking about with Provorov, uh, this is somebody who could use a change of scenery. And really, I think it would be good for both parties. As I said when Chuck Fletcher claimed that signing Johnny Gaudreau was simply too hard, well, he could have traded somebody like Travis Konechny easily and gotten positive assets and cleared cap space to sign a guy like Gaudreau. You know, that's, that's simple math right there, Chuck, but he's not very good at simple math. Now, the problem I the problem I have is that, like, if there's ever a time to trade Travis Konechny, it's now. Because if they keep Travis Konechny, he is, first of all, who's to say that he's ever going to have a season like this again? Because the shooting percentage is just off the charts high. And who's to say that once his contract expires or once it's the 2024-25 season when he has only one year remaining, um, or he's in the last year of his deal, rather, um, Will he be the same player? Will he have the same value? And will the Flyers even be competitive in 2024-25? I don't think they will be. I think this is a pretty... I think this is a multi-year situation that the Flyers are in. Especially if they're... They haven't even begun to trade away their top players. Like, Ivan Provorov feels like he's probably not going to be playing for the Flyers next season. Um, 
Kevin Hayes, who knows what's going to happen with him? James James Van Riemsdyk, he's already getting traded. We know he's going to be traded. At the Please end. do not sign JVR to an extension. I like JVR. <laughs> Always been a big fan of JVR. Please, for the love of God, trade him yeah. and don't look back. But I, I again, but like I, how I, how competitive will they actually be in a couple of years? Like, why bother keeping him? Well, if- I I hear that argument, and we had a similar argument. When we talked about the the Kevin Hayes buyout rumor, right? Where we were talking about like, well, who cares about the cap in like three four years because they're still going to suck. Now I I don't know. I I really don't know how long it's going to take to turn this skiff around here because the USS Flyers is a large lumbering <laughs> ship that's very heavy and a difficult one to move around. But Travis Konechny, currently 25 years old, he has two years left after this on his deal, making 5.5, which is a very, very reasonable cap pit. And yes, it's a it's a hell of a deal. Yeah, it's a hell of a deal. And I, I think Konechny... I'm very torn on this because he is playing his ass off right now. And I think I part of that, I love him too. I've always loved Travis Konechny. And I think part of why he's playing so well right now is a desire to prove that he is the guy, right? He is like the main man on the team and he's really stepped up in that regard. And I admire the hell out of that. I love that he's done that. But yeah, I mean, if you really are looking at a, a trade, everything starts from scratch, method this is the time to trade him while the fire's hot like it's never gonna be hotter than it is right now and yeah. you also could get some great assets for his remaining deal two years of yes, 5.5 is a killer yeah. deal to get a guy on especially with his production of over a point per game right now right yeah and you plug him in on a cup contender on the second line oh it would, it would be so much fun to watch him play on like a deep good team put him on the power play like watch him just do his magic like and he's he's got that like i don't want to say mean streak because it's just like travis connect doesn't have a mean streak because there's like, a reason i dude. i talk about the jerk store when i talk about yeah travis yeah Kinectney, he's just you know? such a little he's a bastard. little bit of a jerk he's a little bastard like he is the descendant of ken the rat Linsman right here where <laughs> yeah. he gets in people's heads he fucks around and people find out you know like when Travis Konechny's at his best, he's pissing people off. And yeah. he's an invaluable resource. Like, uh, Travis Konechny, every team would want Travis Konechny. I'm just yes. going to put that out there, and I, I think that is a, a fact. Every team would want him. I don't love the idea of trading him because I I think if you do have a core on this team, it's him, Farabee, Hart, Sanheim. I think that's your current core on this team. Maybe you could throw an Owen Tippett in there if Tippett can get a little bit more consistent. But those are your key cogs right now. So really it comes down to is Konechny one of the key guys you want to build around or do you just want to say, fuck it, we are just starting from scratch. Fuck it, I'll do it live! How do you want to do this, right? Because if you just want to burn burn this mother down, and I understand burning this mother down, then yeah, trade him while you can get maximum value for him. Of course, we're talking about Chuck Fletcher, one of the most unoriginal general managers of all time. So yeah. I have no faith that he would even come close to getting the proper value for such a player. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to trade. I, like, I, I'm i thinking out loud about what I would do. I don't think they're actually going to trade Travis Konechny because I don't think that their current GM is an imaginative, in, is imaginative enough to trade him um, in a way that would bring back a favorable return. Um, but, and because of the fact that like, they need someone to like keep fans coming, 
because, I mean, we've already seen attendance is low. You trade Travis Konechny, who's at this point a fan favorite or the fan favorite. Like, what else is there to see? You know what I mean? Then the Flyers are just straight up putrid without him, Um, which, like, some of us want because tanking right now, like, as Bill Matz always says, like, losses are wins. We want we want high draft picks. We want young prospects. Um, but at this point, I feel like the Flyers needed – they can't stay middling like this. And maybe, maybe getting a – maybe putting together – receiving some sort of huge package in return for Travis Konechny could be what they need. I don't know. But – yeah, it's something to ponder. It's definitely something to ponder. I don't think they're going to trade him, but I would not be against it at all if I were the one making the decisions. But alas, I am not. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, everybody's on the table. <laughs> yeah. There's not a guy. Yeah. And that's what Elliot, Elliot Friedman said that too. He's like, they're listening to pretty much everybody. So There's not a guy I see on this roster. There's, again, there's guys I'd hesitate to trade. Like, you got to give me the right price for a guy like Konechny, a guy like Farabee. Carter Hart is the closest you have to an untouchable player. And yeah, I would even consider trading Carter Hart just because I feel like the Flyers are going to waste Carter Hart's prime. I, That's I, what I'm I tr- afraid of. I really feel like that. And if you could get an insane price for Carter Hart from somebody like Vegas or somebody that, you know, Vegas obviously had their... their I, I only mentioned Vegas because they had their goaltending issues uh, before the season, right? With uh, injuries and everything. Yeah, but, but Logan Thompson's turned out to be pretty fucking good. He has so. turned out to be good, for sure. And they're they're a pretty good, damn good hockey team. But, you know, if there's a team that wanted to give you a King's Ransom for Carter Hart, I would certainly consider it. I don't want to trade Carter Hart. Absolutely not. And, I, you know, you see people who, despite having never played a game in the NHL, talk about like, oh, well, you know, just find a way to get Fedotov over here, and that'll. That's not the move, guys. That's not the move. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, g- g- people are saying that. I saw. I saw a tweet. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> anyone, anyone who says that has just flat out brain worms. I don't know what they're thinking. He's, I, uh, he's in the military. He can't leave. He's but he, but under even just Russian like military control. So even if he like could come over tomorrow, like you can't trade Carter Hart until you see this guy play NHL games. Because yeah, what are you talking like, about? The NHL is just a, such a different game. It is truly <laughs> there's nothing like the NHL. Scott Lawton at the at the junior level put up what like hundreds of points in a season, and yeah, it's not his NHL player. He's a nice two way player in the NHL. He's not a hundred plus point guy. Let's pretend Ivan Fedotov did come over tomorrow and they traded Carter Hart tomorrow. He would still be the backup behind Samuel Erson because Erson at least has played NHL games and that is more valuable than what we think uh, uh, Fedotov could be. I have high hopes, or I should say had, because who knows what's going to happen with him now. Right, who knows like, what's going to happen. But, you know, like, yeah. I, the thing is, like, Carter Hart's a guy that I would only trade if I was going to get an insane, insane return for him. And yes. even and then, I've I would still hesitate, because finding a quality goaltender in the NHL is one of the toughest things in the world. Yeah. Excuse me. And uh, if as I, Flyers like, fans, I think above all people would know, finding a quality goaltender is insane it's one of the toughest yeah. things to find in all of sports yes no i agree it's i mean as the flyer yeah flyers fans should know better than any other fan base in the nhl but like and here's another thing like 
the Flyers aren't trading. And this is kind of goes back to Travis Konechny as well. I don't think the Flyers trade a player like Konechny or Hart unless they completely buy into a rebuild, and I don't think they're even capable of that. They're, they're getting not closer to it, apparently. Like, that's – Elliot Friedman's saying they're getting closer to kind of rethinking their the way they do business, but, like, I don't think they're ever going to be Chicago Blackhawks full rebuilds, you know, tank – like, aggressively tanking. Um we thought, like we said it before the season started, like the only way that the Flyers tank is if they do it by accident, which they damn near pulled off. But now we're seeing what we feared and that it's they're better than um, we expected. And that's kind of John Tortorella just doing his magic and being a good coach. And also guys have gotten healthy. They had some injury issues. I mean, Connecticut yeah. was hurt for a bit. That obviously was a big factor. And you're starting to see some guys come back. I mean, obviously other guys like Cam Atkinson ended up staying out for the year, but Bobby Brink is back with the Phantoms now. Uh, Wade Ellison's actually played more than like three games at this point. You know, so they have half an NHL roster again, which is nice. And it's, it's enough to win more games than the bottom feeders with like the Ducks and Chicago and San Jose. There's some pretty damn lousy teams out there. I mean, Chicago has, what, 10 wins at this point? Let me see. Did they play tonight? I think they have 10. I'm looking around right now. Yeah, they have 10 wins. The Blue Jackets lost again. The Blue Jackets are are good, terrible. The Sharks and the Coyotes are playing each other tonight, so hopefully they go to overtime (laughs) and everybody gets a point. Something's got to give, yeah. And I'm looking for other bad teams. Oh, Detroit beat Winnipeg, so that's nice. Woohoo! Yeah, but... Looking around the league, I mean, there's still a bunch of teams that are worse than the Flyers. I mean, Vancouver's right below the Flyers, Montreal, San Jose and Arizona, as I mentioned, Anaheim, as we've mentioned, Columbus and Chicago. Columbus, 26 points, only 12 wins. Chicago, 10 wins, 24 points. I mean, there are some pathetic teams out there. I got to say, I knew Columbus was going to be bad, but I didn't think they were going to be like this. Like, I I thought, like, this isn't like the Ducks where I'm, like, flat out shocked that they're absolutely terrible like i thought the i thought the ducks were actually going to be like a, not a playoff team but like a kind of a middling like just you know playoff bubble team the the blue jackets i expected them to be like one of the top 10 worst teams but i did not expect this they are so hilariously terrible they got johnny Gaudreau and they get to be one of the worst teams in the league like if they end up winning the draft lottery if they get Gaudreau and bedard i Man, I kudos to them, that. but I don't want that. That can't happen. I've already watched the Devils get Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, and, you know, like, Jack Hughes is really starting to play, pay, pay dividends for them now, and I don't like it. I, George is upset. I know. yeah. But at least, and I hate saying this, at least the Devils have made their mark on hockey's history, the NHL history. What, by like, ruining the game in the 90s? <laughs> by hiring were, noted war criminals war criminals i know but they were one by of the ruining thanksgiving for the whole family <laughs> every year every year steve every year in the brodor household <laughs> but like the columbus blue jackets are just such a null and void just useless franchise like i would feel so bad for Connor bedard if he if he has to go to fucking columbus but um, like at like at least go to Anaheim where it's like fun. Like that like the Ducks are a fun team. Like imagine Connor Bedard and Zegras together. Oh, it'd oh be my amazing. god! Yeah, 
I'm going to be furious. Like, I'm going to be furious if it's Chicago. I they, I'd be so mad. Especially if they trade, like, Patrick Kane at the trade deadline, and then they just get another Patrick Kane, <laughs> like, in the draft. That would be such garbage. It would be just hot garbage. I would be miserable if it's Chicago. Chicago, you know I think. Chicago might be the number one team I don't want to get bedard of everybody in the lottery mix right now for me it's columbus and then it's chicago because no. like chicago I, I, like, you weren't around in 07 my guy uh, there are some yeah. bitter bitter feelings okay and uh, i like you jvr always been a fan but guess yeah. what and again patrick kane, patrick kane uh, pretty shitty human being at least uh from what the rumors say about him but you know not a shitty hockey player yes generational talent and jvr yeah. Like you a lot. Great human being. Not a generational talent. You know what I'm rooting for, Steve? The Coyotes have tried so no. f- so hard for they're, so They're long. number three for me. Number three. I don't want them to get him. Oh, I want him on the Coyotes. In a 5,000-seat arena? I don't give it. They're going to get a new arena. I don't. But who cares? And plus, Nobody cares. If the, Coyotes, if the Coyotes get Connor Bedard. It's like That's Edmonton getting Connor McDavid for the uh, all of eternity. It's a complete waste. But Connor Bedard is the kind of player that can make hockey work in Arizona. Mm, it's not going to happen. What are you, Gary Bettman? I- I'm just saying, if they get Connor Bedard, no. that changes the entire course of not. the Arizona Coyotes it franchise. Not. It does not. Nothing can save does. them. No, they're pathetic. And then not only do they have Bedard, but they have Cooley coming up. They have Dylan Gunther coming up. They have some really good young players already in the in the pipeline. If they get Bedard, no, that's exciting. I would be nobody's going to be there. Fan, there, there I, are no I'd Coyotes fans. There's five of them. I'd guess it. There's five thousand of them. You're that's where you're wrong, Steve. I have a Coyotes hat. Oh, so five thousand and one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly five thousand. There, there you go. Listen, I I think Philadelphia. Gary Bettman, despite my jokes just now. Philly would be a great you. place for Bedard. Philadelphia would be a great place for Connor Bedard. If you want to make the Philadelphia Flyers a relevant household franchise again, then damn it, you got to rig this shit for us at last. It's so funny how I just have accepted the fate, like the Flyers' fate. Like, they're definitely not getting Bedard. They're I definitely not getting Bedard. That. They're going to get the the worst player of the bunch, whoever, which will probably still be a good player, but they're going to get whoever the worst out of the top, like 10 now, is. Listen, I'll, top I'll be thrilled. I'll be thrilled if the Flyers get a top three pick because either way they're going to get either Bedard, they're going to get either they're going to get either Bedard, Fantilli, or Leo Carlson, and all three of those players like Connor Bedard is like the generational talent, but Fantilli is like extremely good, and then so is Leo Carlson, and like Leo Carlson and Fantilli both are showing early signs of being like all star players in the NHL level, and I'm like it's hard to say that without seeing them in the NHL level, but like they're very appearing to be extremely good. Well, I, yeah, I would like that. I would like a top. Th- this is a great draft to have a top three pick. That would be very nice. Yeah. I, I'll take top five. Even I just have a feeling the flyers will end up getting the worst of the bunch, but prove me wrong guys and trade your top end talent trade. Ivan Provorov trade TDA trade JVR trade Kevin Hayes trade them all. Trade, uh, 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 <laughs> easy for <laughs> you to say. The... <laughs> trade the guy with the stick and the pucks. Trade Nick Delorier. Oh, fuck. D-Lo. They can't. 
Hey, he scored a nifty goal against the Maple Leafs the other day. Maybe they saw that and they were impressed. Maybe. They, they can't trade him. They got D'Lo He's fever. got a no-movement clause. Well, yeah, but he'll want to go to Toronto. That's where winners go. They get past the first round every year. I They've was going to say, yeah. All they the high-end talent. Round. They do have all the high-end talent. But listen, he, he, I think he would 100% go to Toronto. If they if they went to D'Lo tomorrow and they said, hey, D'Lo, buddy, you want to go up to Toronto? You want to take your hideous beard up to Toronto? And he said, oh, hell yeah, I do. It's a terrible beard, Steve. It's a terrible it's, it's beard. It's a bad beard. It's a bad beard. And he's a, a worse hockey player. But he did score a nice goal against the Maple Leafs the other day. Yeah. I will say, though, he seems like a nice guy. Oh, I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. All the goons you know? always are. The goons are actually the nicest guys. They make the best hockey personalities, the best ambassadors for the game. You know? I like the goons. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, I think we could talk about trade rumors all day, but I know you got a deadline. I got a deadline. We got to go. But before we get going, Quicks, I got some movie trivia for you before we get going, okay? I found something oh, boy. that kind of blew my mind the other day. So... My question for you, what movie, you know, the Jack Nicholson, sinister, mischievous, nodding gif where gif, whatever the hell you call those things. Oh, yeah. I love the one that. where he's like looking like, yes. What movie is that from? Is that from uh, Anger Management? Wow, you got it. Okay. I have been under the impression that this was from The Departed for, I don't oh, know, no, yeah. years. And I just was like, I always thought it was from The Departed. And then for some reason, the other day, I decided to put on the trailer for anger management and the nod happens. And I went, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You know what? You know what's the funniest thing about this? I haven't even seen anger management. I just like, <laughs> I just, I just remember someone saying, oh yeah, that's from anger management. And I was like, oh, okay. I have thought I have been thinking wait, again. I, I haven't watched anger management probably since it came out in the theater. Except I, I probably watched the scene with the Philly sports fan losing his mind a couple times. Cause that's funny. But yeah. I, I haven't seen the full movie in a long time. I watched The Departed multiple times. And for some reason, I've been thinking that is a gift from The Departed. And then I was I found out. I was like, motherfucker, it's been from anger management this whole time. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people going, you're an idiot, Steve. And yes, I am an idiot, a professional idiot. But I, this blew my mind. I could not believe that it was from anger management and not The Departed. Like if I typed in Jack Nicholson, The Departed, not in GIF, it would probably come up because it's just. But yeah, it's anger management. How about that? The the Adam Sandler film from I don't even know what year. Two thousand four, probably. Sure. Let's Not long. That. It was like it was very close to when The Departed came out. So like I could it makes because he looks like the exact same age. He actually we, he does we kind of watched The Departed. We watched a few scenes from The Departed just to make a hundred percent certain that that was the case afterwards. And now there's a noticeable difference you can tell between the two. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so no, I feel like a fucking idiot. I guess the that. characters, yeah. Well, the, the the character certainly, you know, I mean, Jack has a certain leeriness about him at all time, right? And it's certainly the ante has been upped in these two films right here. So anger management is 2003 and the, the is apologies to all the Boston listeners out there. 2006. So three year difference. Yeah. So not too far away. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of, that kind of blew my mind. The old, the old fat wind was completely mystified on that one. (laughs) God, Jack Nicholson. What a guy. And yes, folks, I, I did just call myself the fat wind. That's, Oh, I thought you were calling Jack Nicholson. No, he's not the fat. I'm the fat wind. 
Oh. Okay, this is this is the final note on the podcast. So this this happened while we were on. So I went for New Year's. I took the Finger Lakes vacation, which is where I hurt myself and everything. Good times. Now I had a good time. Besides, uh, you know, almost breaking my left arm. But uh, at one point we were talking about. I don't know. We're just talking about playing sports or something. And I talked about at my old job for customer service week, for some reason, we'd always do it up for customer service week. And I talked about how this guy had like organized this uh, touch football game. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. I was like, it's just a bunch of work guys. Right. Like how serious could it be? And I show up to this game and I, I look at everybody around me and I am noticeably far more out of shape than everybody else who has shown up to play this football game. I know I'm in trouble. So I, I I pretty much felt like I was going to die for the majority of the, however long we played. We took a 15 minute break in the middle and I just laid on my back gasping for air the entire time. It was a complete nightmare, but I probably had, I probably had 10 catches in this this two-hand touch game because I would just do the old Chad Lewis, Brent Selleck, go five yards. Nobody would cover me. I'd catch the pass. I'd catch every pass they threw at me and then they would catch up to me very quickly. I ran like the wind, the fat wind. God. <laughs> it is a good nickname. It a is. solid nickname. Yeah, but I I, I, I I had a few beers in me. I said the fat wind and then we kept quoting that for the entire weekend. <laughs> When you say fat wind, it sounds like you're saying fart wind in a Boston accent. Fart wind. Of course, that's from The Departed. We all know that. The, oh, yeah. They t- definitely said that. I'm not a cop. Fart wind. Hey, you a cop? I'm not a cop. Ask the fart wind. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Folks, it's been a tight hour. Let me tell you, a real tight hour, but we got to go. We got important things to do, like editing the podcast, writing articles for BroadStreetHockey.com. Quigs, I know you got something you're working on. Where can people find you on social media to give you feedback about such things? Find me on the Twitters, at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, well, Twitter.com.org.edu.musk. Twitter making another stupid change today. I hate you so much, Elon Musk. What does for you and following mean? Why do you do this to me? Why can't you know. make a car that doesn't explode? You bastard. Huh. You can follow me at Estebomb or at Flyperbole. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Flyperbole on the Instagram, on the TikTok. Still don't know what I'm doing with the TikTok, but I'm posting something there when new podcasts go up. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and... That's all we got, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all. Happy New Year. It's 10 days late. Uh, I think by Larry David's rules, I can't say it anymore, but I said it. So sorry, not sorry in the words of my least favorite rapper and NFL playoff defenseman or not defenseman, wide receiver, Cole Beasley, who just made it onto the Bills roster late in the year and now is going to get to play for the old Lombardi trophy. Can't wait to not watch. He, this can't happen. I'm rooting for the Bills outside of Cole Beasley, though, because, you know, everything with DeMar Hamlin and just... Right, yeah. Also, you know, if there's one fan base I can relate to out there as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, it's Bills Mafia. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're very similar to us. I am rooting for either a Bills-Eagles or a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl, because that would just be madness. Pandemonium in the streets. 
And Bills Eagles, I'm specifically rooting for just because I don't think Arizona is going to survive. The entire state isn't going to survive that tailgate. No. Oh, my God. Like, it'll, it'll like, break off from... Well, no, I was going to say it'll break off from the mainland, but that would have been the dumbest thing I've ever said. <laughs> because that's... Because that's... It's not even on the coast. It somehow blew up into orbit and... That's Landed the last the we saw of Arizona. No, it, it actually yeah. went into space. It's its own planet. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. Its yeah. own planet ruled by Bills and Eagles fans. <laughs> what a weird note to end on. Folks, we appreciate you all. We love you all. In the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 w